Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome to the show, my friends. Today, we have with us a special guest directly from Argentina. He is the CEO of the BSR Digital, Brian Rosentool. Brian, how's it going? Hey, man. Happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure having you here, Brian. We spoke a few times, but uh, this is the first time, I guess, that we're speaking and recording the conversation. It, so. is. it is. It's my pleasure to be here. So um, you, like I said in the intro, you're in Argentina. So you guys don't know what really cold weather is like here in Canada, do you? <laughs> well, actually, we do. You know, I don't know if you are, uh, I mean, of course, you know, the brand Patagonia, right? Yeah. You know, Patagonia is actually the southest part of the entire continent. And it's actually in Argentina. Or it's like the southest part of the world. Let's say like they call it the end of a world. So it gets pretty, pretty cold down there. But mm -hmm. I'm like in the middle of the country. So it's not that cold here. Nice. Nice. So, uh Brian, besides uh, BSR Digital, I know you also have a podcast, uh, Fit yeah. Growth Machine, correct? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Cool. So how long have you been podcasting for? Uh, a little bit more than a year. I really enjoy the conversations with fellow, you know, uh, marketers, e-commerce uh, founders, directors, uh, book authors, and many other personalities to discuss e-commerce growth. It always fascinates me. Perfect. Yeah. So a year is actually in podcast time. It's a lot of time. Uh, from, from what I hear, the stats are that most podcasts die after three months. That the majority, I think it's like 80% or more. So you're past yeah, no, that. I, that's for, yeah, that's true. I actually had a, a really good team behind it. And I really appreciate their work every single week. They do the whole thing for me and uh, they keep me on track. So, uh, but that, what excites me the most about the podcast, you know, it is said that during the first year you find your voice. So I'm there, right? But what excites me the most is that I'm not talking there alone, which is perfectly fine. I hear really amazing stories there and I get a lot of ideas, right? And a lot of insights from other people because we work like in a bubble, you know, yeah, events, yeah. we can go to conferences online, offline, but when you work in your office, home or wherever with your team, you're in like you're in your own flow, bubble, whatever. But when you work with somebody else in many other industries, it actually opens your mind a lot. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, same thing. When I started podcasting, uh, one of the amazing things that I thought was, this is an excuse to meet anybody that I used to follow. People like, for example, I got to I got to speak to Pam. I had two podcasts uh, at one point. Well, I still have the two podcasts. Just the uh, the other one, Fail Fast Podcast, was about some big failures and how people got out of it and what they did, what they didn't do, and all that stuff. And and I even got to uh, talk to Pamela Anderson, and that was. Uh, Nothing to do with business, but it was just somebody that I, I'm, I was at one point. I'm, I was thinking, I'm invincible. I can speak with anybody I want now because I have a reason and I can promote them. I have the tool, so uh, it, it was it was incredible. So I started 
messaging people that at one point I thought were out of reach, you know, and I start just messaging them. And, uh, uh, you know, it is, uh, it's incredible. So. Wow. That's great. I mean, I don't know. It's a lot of pressure for me after you mentioned Pamela Anderson. It's like, okay, I need to take, you know, to do some tweaking here. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's, uh, she, she, she's, she's been around for, for a while. So she's not the same as, uh, the Baywatch times. Right. So she yeah. has, uh, a more mature person, like uh, business person too, uh, plant-based, vegan, uh, animal lover. And uh, so anyway, let's get into the business side of things. Uh, tell me something. How, how did you get started? Uh, I'll give you the short version. We can stay forever here. But uh, that's a great question. And I love to tell my story because I, I, I really learned a lot. I have won a lot and failed a lot. So I guess that will apply to your other podcast. <laughs> I have a lot of failures that I have learned from. So I got started as a software developer. I actually have a background in computer science and I had I opened like my first like in the 2008 crisis in the US. Um from Argentina I used to work for a US based company, right? And they shut down their operations, right? Uh, so I was out of a job as a developer, but there were some clients that in a great relationship with me and a partner back then, and they said, you know, we don't have anybody to do the service anymore because they closed, they are gone. What can we do? And we said, Hey, we will do it. And it was me from home working. We did like for around, I don't know, three, four years until we opened with another partner a software factory. 2010, we opened a software factory from 2008 when that happened, you know? Yeah. So it was like two years, right? Um, and uh, it was great. I mean, we had fun. We hired the first employees. It was awesome. And then over time, we transitioned to uh, marketing because we came up with a startup, a great idea back then, but not so great. And I will say why. And we raised funds. You know, and yeah. we open uh, like we we had like a first startup. We had like I don't know thirty plus people with us. Everyone was older than we were because we were like in the early twenties. Yeah. So we were hiring people in the th late thirties, forties, and it was like they were having they had children, they were married, and it was like what the heck? I mean, how do I interview people older than me? How do I lead people older than me? And we didn't care. I mean, it's like we were okay with that, but from time to time. It's like the imposter syndrome, you know, that everyone yes. gets every time in a while. But it, it was a thing. And it was super fun. It was a tech startup. And after two years, uh, uh, this, the short version is that we needed to close that. But in the meantime, we opened the agency, a different version of the current agency on today mm -hmm. in 2013. Uh, so it was a pretty good ride. The startup was super fun. I learned a lot. But in the, at the same time, we opened the agency with another partner because my partner and I, we were both in that startup. So with the third partner, we opened the agency because we were identifying that something called Facebook and not, not Instagram back then was really hot in 2011, 12. And then in 2013, we opened like the office for the agency mm -hmm. in parallel. 
And then when we closed the startup, we went all in, in the agency doing organic and then lead gen. And then of course, over time, e-commerce since then. And it was pretty fun, pretty different, right? Um, and yeah, fast forward now, we help a lot of clients grow through paid ads, animal marketing, you know, e-commerce brands. And I will do a pause there. <laughs> nice. So uh, let me ask you something because you said you were a software developer. And one thing that I want to know is as a software developer, if you're doing something and you find a need to automate something, or if there is like, I could do a tool out of this, do you make your own tool or do you think, is it like cheaper just to, you know, get a subscription to somebody else that already has that? Uh, Are you asking nowadays if you should build your own custom solution? No, I mean, if you are working and you want something just for yourself, do you go ahead and build it or do you see if it exists? Back always, yeah, I'll always check if it exists. It's a rule of thumb for me. But then if it doesn't, back in the day, I did that. You got me. But now I don't anymore. It's been a while since my last implementation. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm yeah. not the best at that anymore. Okay. Because... <laughs> I always wanted to be a software developer. So um, obviously I'm not. I always wanted to, but I have a thing that uh, with severe ADHD, I cannot read a book. So videos, I can. Uh, even audio books, I, I can too. It's, it's a little bit harder. But in, in actual, a physical book, I can look at it. And next thing I know, I read a sentence. And I'm either in the middle of the book already or I'm imagining something else and I'm lost in my thoughts. So I could never even, uh, I actually even signed up to get a, a bachelor's of computer science and I started it. I could, I could never proceed it. But my thoughts was if or when, my thoughts were when I know how to code everything, every time I need something, I'm just going to make it. I thought I'm going to make it all. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's super fun to have the ability, you know, as, a, as someone in the construction industry, you know, to to know that you have the capability or the ability to actually build something, you know, it's a powerful thing, you know, it's a powerful feeling. I, I'm with you there. I've done it many times, but sometimes you, same that happens to you with the books, I am in the middle because it's like, it's so complex. It's not that easy. Now things have you know, improved as in many industries, right? But it's really complex. And when you get into the nuances, you want to quit the mm -hmm. program already. And it's like, okay, I will get a solution from, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I learned the basics of HTML, PHP. I actually started JavaScript and everything. So I know tiny, like tiny little bits. And I can look for errors and certain things, but I can't really build my own stuff. So. You know, one thing I did one time, since you mentioned that, we were like, I don't know why we had this culture that we got, we, before having kids, I have three-year-old twins, but before having them, we were with, like, we we went out to have dinner with my wife and we waited for, I don't know, two hours to get a table at a restaurant we loved. And it's something people do here, like when you don't have kids, right? Otherwise it would be hell there, but yes. it's like, okay, <laughs> we, we, we wait for an hour or two. And we really loved playing a game, like a city game, but you know, when those moments like you're, and I built that simple game 
So we could, because it wasn't available back then, and I built that game, it was many years ago, so we could play. And we were both entertained while we were waiting for the tables. It was kind of fun. Nice. So, yeah, it is true. You have twins as well. So we we did talk about that because I also have twins. And uh, mine are one of each, boy and a girl. And then we have an older girl. And yours were both of the same. Boy and a girl, too. Yes. Oh, man. Wow. So, yeah. And we're still here. And we are still alive, you know? Yes, we're still here. And now mine go to mine go to school now. It started this year. So it's a, a whole new thing. It's for the first time in nine years, because my oldest is nine, the first time in nine years that I've ever had a long time like with my wife uh with without them. And it is so quiet and scary. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. All right, so back into into the business side of things. Uh, BSR Digital is is the agency that you created. You said it was you and two other yeah, co-founders. Yeah, they had a different name in 2013. Hmm. And then in 2000, late 2019, I, I bought them out. Uh, one of them actually left sooner because he went um to to the US he traveled there where you're at or sorry to the US not where you're at yeah. uh, to um to to go work there it was a great opportunity and he's still living there in California and with the other one he he's a great friend of mine both of them are and he's working in the food industry he has a lot of businesses there so he's thriving in that industry but he wasn't like able to keep up the two worlds you know agency yeah. and the food businesses it wasn't the thing so yeah we we are I'm by myself since t- late 2019 the healthy e-commerce brands grow and that's what we do yeah Perfect. So what is your, uh, you, I know you are the CEO, but what other tasks do you have in there? Do you just check at the end of the month and see how much revenue was made or do you work there? I wish you were the first one. I mean, is there a <laughs> shortcut for that? Is there a thing for that? No, no. I, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, of course, I'm really hands-on, but I'm really one of these people like, since, you know, I'm far, far, far from knowing it all. And I don't ever want to know it all. And I know I will never do that. But I have learned a lot of things from my big failures and my big successes over my career because I have been an entrepreneur. I mean, I have worked for myself and for my clients, right? They are my, I don't have a boss. I have many, I say, my clients. But uh, since 2000, uh, sorry, since 2008, right? So it was like, uh, it's a long time. I led a lot of teams in many disciplines, you know, marketing development, products, and, and so, so on, and sales. So I learned a lot. And uh, I'm still learning and wearing different hats in the business. But over time, I learned, and it's pretty important, right, how to delegate, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. it can backfire, and sometimes it's okay. It will happen. But I need to fix what's work broken, you know, and try again. Uh, but uh, I do delegate many parts, so I'm not in the weeds as I was in the first few years, mm-hmm. but I'm still pretty hands-on with the strategy. I love the strategy. I love talking to the team. I love talking to the clients, uh, but it's not needed for me to do it. So that's probably the shortest answer. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's the right answer. Or I mean, in my point of view, because I... I don't think the CEO that just shows up at the end of the month to see what the profits were is actually a CEO. They have to uh, 
follow the, the, the operation, right? That's what, what it is. And I personally, as the CEO of my own company, there are things that I love doing and I know that I'm good at. So I do them because uh, it's um, it's very hard for for somebody to delegate something that they know they are very good at. And so I just go ahead and, and, and do it. Uh, and it's uh, although I have people that, that are in that position to do certain things, but it's um, yeah. If you like something, just go ahead and, and and do it because it makes it makes you happy, right? At least in my case, it does. So yeah, and 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 something about the early days of my career, or in every step, I you know fear is present, you know. Uh, at every stage of the way when you're an entrepreneur, right? Uh, and the things that you don't know how to, how to do because, you know, you want to lead the company, but you add new services or you change, you know, I changed from being a software developer and all of a sudden I was leading a tech company, but more focused on the marketing side of things. And then when I went working to the agencies, it was like, hey, am I working? I'm not coding, you know, any lines, any mm-hmm. any program. So what am I doing? Am I really sitting down with clients to talk about how many shares or likes that those posts, those, I don't know, that month had? And it was like, is this work? And it's, a, it's you know, it's scary at first, but you you learn that with the right team, you, you don't need to know to, to do it. I mean, you don't need to know how to do it all. Mm-hmm. You just need to lead the way and lead from the front and be supported with them and, and with the with the clients too. You know, it's funny how many people that think that because you work in front of a computer, it's actually not work. Uh, I, and I personally know many. My wife used to be like that because normally when you when you use computers only for fun, for searching things, to go on Facebook, to, to play games, and you see somebody on a computer, you assume that they are having – that they're doing leisure activities and not really working. But the truth is, I'm 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 done with games. When I go on my computer, it's because I have work to do, right? <laughs> if if I don't have work to do, I get out of the computer. I don't just go play games. I go out of the computer and try to you know, like give my eyes a break from staring at screens all day. So uh, yeah, we we did we did have probably more fun in the past when we were developing some apps. Because we needed to check the competitors' apps, and some of them were actually entertaining, and we needed to not play a game because they weren't games. But you know, it's like, hey, you need to use Instagram to. But it's not the same as you know, if you're doing it as an end user, you need to be. You know, I have a friend here with me, uh, like a neighbor, not a friend, a neighbor. They he does scouting, like players scouting for the Liverpool. You know, the European soccer yes, team. Yes. The, and he does it like for Latin Amer- from Latin America for uh, uh, for for England, and he says I need to watch football all the time, soccer <laughs> for, for you guys, yeah. soccer all the time, and it's like, but it's not that fun because I need to take notes, I need to watch some specific things, moves, and it's not like sitting back, but he's like, I get a call and he's like, today, oh honey, today I need to watch this soccer game, <laughs> you know, bring me chips and <laughs> bring me chips and beer. <laughs> It's part of the game, you know. Otherwise, I gotta do my job right. Exactly right. It's like having the best tools, which reminds me. I gotta ask you, 
I know you you are a geek in productivity. Uh, so what tools developed by you or not, what tools do you use to help you with your productivity in the company or personal? What, what is it? Yeah, I mean, I will mention a few tools, but it's all about the processes that you have. You don't need to have many. There are plenty of books like these, Tiny Habits or Atomic Habits and uh, like the Perfect Day Formula, Perfect Week Formula and many others. Uh, and uh, or, I don't know, one thing, uh, the OKRs, there are many, 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 depending on the industry you work in, there are more specific to your industry. Uh, but it's more about something that works for you. You need to start simple. I don't know. I have, I don't know, my own dashboard for tasks, like my tasks, nobody else's, my tasks. Mm -hmm. And I organize them in a certain way that I know that I can live with and keep organized. I add every single event during my day, whether it's only for myself or a call, right? If it's like, check this, check that. And it's, it's not a task. It's like a book time for me to do something, even if it's nothing, but I, I need the rest of the day for myself. I, I have these events blocked because the hardest part is not to have a to-do list. The hardest part is to go through it and do it, right? Sure. So when the, it is sad, and I read many books on this, and I, I'm grateful for them because it's not only to have the task, it's to block a time to do those tasks and then to defend the time I don't know, from your boss or your team, it's like, you know, I, I'm busy the rest of the day because if it's a task for you, it doesn't exist. If someone comes and say, hey, I need this done, it's a task for you. If it's there, it must be important. So you better do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I have like these things. I have days of the week for different things. So marketing, sales, leadership. Um, team, clients, are different things, right? Education. I have one. It's like, it's not days, it's mornings. Mm-hmm. So I block my entire morning and I have the calls after the afternoon. And it's really useful because I get, get to work on many things. And the education day is pretty fun. It's on Fridays. And of course, I won't lie. I'm not perfect, right? I look like perfect, but I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not perfect. And of course, it's like a diet. Sometimes you skip it and you say, oh, I had this... No worries. You can resume. It's not that you need to say, oh, I couldn't, you know, do this event when it was planned. So heck, I won't ever do it. It's like, no, no, no. That's and, and about tools, I use many. One is pretty, pretty good for me. It's called Text Expander. Text Expander. Mm-hmm. It's only three bucks last time I checked. And basically what it allows you to do is like, it's like text shortcuts. So it's like across platforms and devices. So if you're typing an email and you type all this, like you, you book a podcast call, follow-up email or whatever, you type the shortcut, like three word, three letters or whatever, and it will, you know, display the, the, the whole text yeah. and it has variables like a name. So you can type in the name and that's all. It can be whatever you want right? You can use it for many things, but the key is to use it for every repeat text that you write, because we all write the same thing over and over, even chunks of text, not the the entire email. So for example, whenever I say, hey, I hope this email finds you well, I have like F, Y, W, and it will display that. Or 
get availability as a developer. I, I had like the get whatever, get availability. It's like, hey, why don't you tell me your availability or if it's easier for you, feel free to grab a time that works for you using this link and whatever. That's a great thing because you write one small piece of text and you know that uh, you, you will display many things. That app is great. I, uh, I'm taking notes because that that's something like, iPhone has that when you text, you can create some. And I have like the OMW, right? It's like on my way. Yeah. And I yeah. ha- there's like three or four that I use. And now that you're saying it, you can use f- for an entire sentence, right? You can you can you can write an entire email. You can write uh, a, ch- uh, an, a sentence, even for the sim- for the signature. I don't know, thanks, whatever. I know some people pretty find that in the signature, but you can do it for whatever you want, and that's actually pretty cool because I tend to write the same thing over and over for emails. Let's book an interview for the podcast, or hey, have you been able to check this email? Or hey, you whatever, right? Hey, your episode went live. Hey, here's the proposal mm. for us to together here's the agreement or whatever it gives you all the structure for never repeating something again and it's awesome every time i find myself writing something again i say hey i'll add this to text expander is because you don't need to have the app open it's like it runs in the background and you 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 write like you typically write in gmail or whatever email client you use you write on another app or in the notes or in a ClickUp or zoom slack anything right so that's why I, I believe Text Expander is great because you don't need to, yeah, basically write everything you have written once again from time to time when I find myself writing something for a second time or a third or a million times, then mm-hmm. I will go to Text Expander and add that. But that that's a great tool. Then I use um I'm very sorry, let me ask you something. Yeah. Can you use that on let's say if you are in a Word document or let's say Google yeah. Sheets and yeah. or Skype too? Anyway. Slack, yeah, Slack, email, whatever you you can do it. It's not that you need to go to the to the app, write the shortcut. No, 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 no. You can just live your life as wow. usual, <laughs> and, and then and and it's very useful from the computer, of course, but from the mobile. I mean, it's it's awesome because I find myself replying to emails from the phone many times, right? And it's like, okay, text. You have like a there. You have like a special keyword. So you need to switch keyword to the text expanders and you just type in, but from the computer is same as usual. Okay. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Yeah. Uh, so what else? So, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, but I think the, the most important thing here is to have processes that you can, that are, that are doable for you. If you are not, I mean, let's say good at this because I wasn't good at this and I'm still not perfect at this. You can start small with something that you know that you can do. So I have, again, this uh, task management tool. In this case, we use ClickUp for the agency. So I have my own dashboard. But mm-hmm. even when I when I didn't have the team using that tool, I, had, I used that for myself because I knew that I needed to have order. And I do the, the combo like, uh, you know, task plus blocking the time. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I would have the time uh, and also the routine of, 
finishing the day again i'm not perfect but i try to do it every single day before finishing the day i take a look at the pending tasks for the day or the task for the next one so i know more or less what my day is going to look like and see if i need to readjust because the worst that could happen to all of us when we use task management systems is to see many overdue tasks yeah. because you feel overwhelmed it's like i will never be able to keep it up and you forget about things you just stop looking at it and it's not something you should do you should be okay with that understand that you cannot put 10 tasks for a day for yourself it's not doable mm-hmm. uh, so it's like okay you, you will understand your limits when you measure that's the key when you measure and that's one thing and the other one is living the, if you can living the mornings for yourself for your work not for yourself for go reading a book for whatever you do work related, but not engaging in calls. If you can control that, that would be great because you can, you know, I mean, for me, it works. And the theme by by morning, you know, sales helps me stay focused in every aspect of the business in my case, because I know that the day for sales or team or marketing or whatever will come. And I will have the opportunity to do those tasks during that morning, right? Yeah, I like that. You you are definitely more organized than the the, the regular entrepreneur that, that that I know. I mean, there's always exceptions, and it seems like you're you're one of them. Unfortunately, I, uh, I I get distracted easily, so I need things that keep me on track, like Pomodoro techniques. I need apps, and uh, and and I've tried you know certain tools like uh, let's say Monday.com for example. Yeah. Uh, I have I've tried it. I, I've tried uh, Asana and everything. Now, I find that uh, the time it's going to take me to enter the tasks into all those sheets and, and, and everything, sometimes I can do the task faster than I would write what the task is and when I'm going to do it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. That's why, you know, every... Everyone knows themselves better than everyone else, right? So you know what you can, what's doable for you and not for somebody else. So in my case, I totally relate what you said because I try to keep the tasks for myself, not for the team, for myself, simple. I just don't add too many details. If I know that I will read the title and I will understand, that's all I need. I don't need anything. I need a due date and I need the title to understand what the task is about, Mm -hmm. but nothing else. You know, nothing else. So if you go and create like the full task with a description or sub subtask or whatever, if that's where you say, hey, I'm complicating things. And again, if everything if life was about one task, there mm-hmm. weren't, you know, task management task management systems, all stuff. So it's true that with one task or two, you can get away with it and faster without writing it up. But that's not why those tools are there in the first place, right? That's that. So you can scale it and say, oh, I, I, I try to unload my brain. So I try, I always say the same thing. So my wife is like, uh, in the, at the middle of the night, he's like, I cannot sleep. I'm thinking about X, Y, and Z. I don't want to forget. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Write it down. You know, it's a well-known thing to do, but it's like, I use my notes. And sometimes my wife is like, why, what are you doing awake, Brian? He's like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm writing a, a quick notes. Let me. she knows me by now but it's like unload your brain i need to do something next week okay 
it's a task. I will set a date and I will forget about it. And then it's really nice when you see things that you have forgotten about popping up in your dashboard saying, hey, you need to do this. Oh, great. Thank you. So now now tell me something. Uh, Let's go into the BSR Digital. Let's say I find bsrdigital.com. I am interested. I have this e-commerce brand that I launched or sorry, let's say a a health-related brand and I want to get into e-commerce. I contact you. What is the process? You go, you audit what I have. You see if they're... Tell me, tell me what, how do you do that? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And first, we, we help brands in many industries, right? We specialize in a, in a few, you know, apparel and fashion, fitness, and, you know, some others. But over time, we, we work and we have worked with many, many industries. The important thing is to understand where they are at when we meet them. We categorize our clients in three phases, phase zero, one, and two. It's not how well they do or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about their track record with regards to a platform or platforms that we are going to work with them on. So for example, let's say you're a business and you are really good at, uh, you have done a lot of Google ads, but you haven't done Instagram ads or whatever, right? Probably you're in different phases for different platforms, but if you're going to do only Facebook or only Google, we will treat you differently and the onboarding process will be differently. For instance, if you have done nothing, there's nothing to audit. Yeah. And there are many things to validate. On the flip side, we have clients hiring us for scale things up. So from seven to eight figures or from six to seven, right? So they want to scale things up. So they are doing well. They just want to get a professional team to scale faster, right? And in a, you know, in a solid way uh, to have the right systems, right team and all stuff. So that's another thing. Things are working for you. There are plenty of things to audit, but the focus will be on how we help you grow, right? And it's a different thing. The third group is like those who have run many things, many efforts on a certain platform, but they are not getting the desired results. Mm-hmm. Many, many cases, right? You know, you get companies all the time saying, hey, Google Ads is not working, Facebook Ads is not working, and many others, right? So what we do is to do an audit there because we do have something to audit. We try to understand why it's not working. We need to propose certain tweakings in everything that's, that needs you know, uh, to, to be tweaked to start um, working well. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. We, we take like around two weeks, which is super fast, to analyze a lot of things, what your competitors are doing and many other things. And basically we will give you uh, a proposal on what the next steps are, we build 90-day roadmaps, we call them, because we we don't believe in the overnight success, right? We don't yeah. want uh, that. And we wish everything was easy, right? But by now, I think many companies know that or all of them. So we do a plan and say, hey, you know, you come to us with a problem. We try to offer a solution, but hey, you don't know who to target. You don't know the message that will resonate the best among your audience. You don't know the, I don't know, the, the visuals that will resonate the best and all yes. the, the written message, probably the landing page is off and needs some tweaking and optimizations or probably the process, the funnel doesn't make sense. Probably the natural way for people to do these or to buy from companies like yours is X and you're overcomplicating things or probably the offer is not good or the pricing. So there are many variables. The more variables the business knows uh, or are clear on, the easier and faster our job is. 
that's the phase one, let's say, of working with us. Uh, you know what? There's something you said uh, I really like. I appreciate when somebody, let's say, that's going to run ads uh, goes and sees the whole brand. Often, uh, this, uh, like, you, like you know, my main niche is on Amazon, and I see a lot of the so-called PPC experts that when you want them to do PPC for you, they, they'll say, I'm going to do some keyword research and I'm going to run the ads. And that's it. They turn on the ads with keyword research, and but they don't research the brand, right? They Because where the client that searches for a Bluetooth speaker clicks on your, and on your PPC and lands on your product, if the images suck, the title sucks, the bullet point sucks, there's no information, the ad doesn't convert, and that PPC expert should have said, listen, I'll run your ads, but this listing has to be better, and you got to change this, right? Same as if you run, if I tell you, I want you to run ads for me and, and go to this page, www.something.com, and it's a terrible page, you are not going to be successful, right? Because yeah. my, my page is terrible. Yeah, so I learned this back in the day as a developer or as an analyst, you know, computer scientist, because we... We need, back in the day, we didn't, we did the same thing. We didn't go straight to writing a piece of code. Mm-hmm. We actually planned on paper. We did a lot of, they have a name, but it doesn't matter right now, like flows, like diagrams, right? There are different diagrams, sequence diagram, flow diagram, many others uh, to actually design a software. We can, you know, make something work with you know, like a lamp. We can make it work with two wires or with a thousand, but it's not the same efficiency and it doesn't scale. The same in software uh, or the same as task management, task management, as you said before, you like, you can get away with with the simple stuff, but then it doesn't scale, right? So the the thing here is that you need to, back in the day, you learned how to ask questions, you know, how, what matters that you need to analyze on paper. And I truly saw back in the day that things done in the wrong way don't scale. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, of course, as you learn, you do those, you make those mistakes too. And that's fine. You're learning, right? And back in the day, you learned that. So in this case, it's the same thing. You're not running ads. Those, those days are gone. You're trying to amplify the message for a business and get them to maximize the results, wherever those are, getting more sales, leads, awareness, etc. And if you're there for them and you don't understand their numbers, you don't understand how they will consider your efforts successful, you don't understand the yes. factors involved in the process, then you're doomed to failure. You know, it's like you you don't know what to expect. It's like take chances. I'll run ads, but that's a mistake I see. It's not their fault, but it's a mistake I see a lot of times from the companies. They get what they ask for. I, I need a freelancer. You know, I need a contractor to run the ads for us. Hmm. Okay, but why a contractor? No, no, because I, you know I need uh, the the ad guy. You know, like the tech guy. You know, I need someone to run the ads. And then they, they don't know how to control them, what they are doing, how to measure them. And they ask that person to do the whole thing. Hey, you know, run the ads. You know, run the ads means, you know, run the ads. Create a strategy, find what's working, do competitors research, create the images, create the copy, create the videos, create like, and please make my business explode and yes. get to the next level. It's like, 
wow. I always say the same thing to those people. It's like, I would love to meet someone like that. <laughs> Please let me know and I will hire them. I mean, it's the way it is, you know. Yeah. There's a team that... Uh, it's even better when they say, do all of that. Oh, and by the way, I don't have a budget. <laughs> My budget is zero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that, that's why it's important to have, to set reasonable goals and to find a partner that has, you know, nowadays things have changed, you know, running ads, if you told me a few years ago, you know, with some little tricks and tactics, you could get, a, you could get away easier than today. Probably a, an okay creative, okay copy, but you could, you, you could be, Back in the day, laser you could laser target your audience yes, pretty yes. well, pretty iOS. You even I got approached like I was approached by dropshipping stores and many of them did pretty well. And it's like, oh, this is working. I have a business. And then of course, last year and this year is like, okay, okay, what's going on? I'm not doing well because some businesses they actually don't have a business. They haven't built a brand. They sell products and they got away with it for a few years if they created the business in the pandemic or before the iOS 13 update. And now they need to level up the marketing to connect with their audience. We talk about this all the time in the podcast. It's like leveling up the marketing, the branding, be there for your uh, community, build a community, you know, build partners. It's not, it stand for something, you know, it's like people don't buy products anymore. They buy experiences, right? So yeah, long story short, it's really important to build a brand properly and to find the, the right partner, yeah. Cool. Uh, I remember like the, the, the days when you said where you you could hyper-target somebody and uh, there, there were points where you could actually target a person and then because Facebook changed things since, but there was a way where we could do, for example, Facebook always said, you're not allowed to target one person. It has, you have to have an audience of at least X amount of people. So we could upload a list. Let's say we needed to upload a list with 100 contacts, okay? And you wanted to target this one person. This can't be done anymore. So for everybody listening, don't try this. But uh, you would upload a list of 100 people in there. And, and you put 99 female and then one male. And then you run the campaign but you admit, you say that you only want to target male. So Facebook algorithm could only target one person because that's all they had in that list. And then when they figured that out, that is, um, that's against their terms. So they made a way that you, you can't do that anymore. But if I wanted to create an ad just for you, Brian, I would put you in a list of 100, 200, 300 people that are, that are female and then run my ad to that list, but only target males. So. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but that was right, right at the beginning. And so uh, I know, I know we're, we're running, we're running short on time. Uh, so tell me, uh, we already mentioned that BSR could be found at bsr.com. But before you go, uh, what does BSR mean? Because in my world, it means bestseller ranking. Yeah, I know it? it's my, it's my, uh, my name, my full name. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't um, super creative when I thought about the name. So um, I'm considering doing a rebranding, but then I joined this agency mastermind a few years ago 
Jason Swank's mastermind. Shout out for Jason. He's great. Um, and we all agree that like agency owners, name doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not that it doesn't matter, but it, you know, another tip, you know, for the audience, if anyone is looking to start their first first business, is uh, imperfect is fine. And you need to stop the analysis paralysis and say, oh, I want to have a perfect website. I have to have a perfect name. I have to, it's like, you won't have a perfect anything before you launch and you get feedback from anyone. So it's better to launch something, get feedback and iterate, right? So yeah, that's the long answer to your question. <laughs> yeah. You know what the number one thing is that I see people struggling with before starting, it actually bothers me, is that their logo is not beautiful enough, not fancy enough. And, uh, you know, I often think, like, did you ever see Nike has a check mark? They're one of the best known brands in the world. It's a check mark, right? Like, uh, certain brands, like, look at it, Amazon, right? It's the word Amazon, and there's an arrow underneath it. You don't have to overthink things and make, you know, if if your, uh, you know, your brand is the the you make wood products, your logo doesn't have to be an entire forest full of trees and axes and chainsaws, right? Just Yeah, it's not, it's not about the logo. It's about the meaning behind it. It's about what you build for your brand, you know? So if you want to build a brand, you don't want to build a logo. You want to build a brand around it. The logo could be, as you said, anything. It could be a word. It could be the name of your brand. Even, yeah. But um, it's the the if you allow me like one more minute, it's like yes. the, the branding, the branding, uh, there's a recent report that the coach at e-commerce fuel, uh, one of the biggest e-commerce communities in the U S for e-commerce brands, they built a report and around, you know, the stats for 2022 versus the other ones. I can send you the link and it could be in the show notes. If, uh, mm-hmm. if you want, uh, it's a very interesting read for everyone in the industry. But one of the key things it says, about this is that the main differentiator, not one, the main differentiator between the top performing e-commerce brands versus the, the, the rest of them was the branding element. Not the ROAS, not the anything else. It was a branding element. Many e-commerce brands thought that they were going to get away with having a Shopify store or whatever store and then run ads. And they need to build the branding they need to start in square one you know they need to get to know the 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 audience who they are one of the first thing we do in the onboarding phase is to ask about the avatars and we help them build the avatars and it's like how do we do it we do it many times we can go as in i mean we can go as the best you know trying to do focus groups to actually interview them and see who they are we can start by assessing, getting demographics from previous customers, reading reviews, what they value, what they don't value, you know, the emotional, the tangible benefits, many things, right? What they want, what they complain about, and to start getting to know them. Some clients I have heard that, or sorry, some people I interviewed, I heard that they do a survey after they buy in their, in their, on their website yeah. to ask them a few things. So they get their opinion. Some of them get, send them surveys through email, that's okay too. But you need to get in touch with them. You need to be there. Customer support is not only to receive complaints, it's also to be there for them. <clears throat> some some companies I interviewed, they even create products based on the customer feedback and yes. input. They really create flavors or, or entire products and they do early releases 
you know, private releases to them so they can actually uh, enhance the products before releasing to the public. So it's, that's building a brand. Nice. Nice. I like that. So tell me, Brian, now uh, the people that are listening, if they want to get their brand out there and they need help from you and explode their sales and uh, where would they go to find you? Yeah, they can go to bsrdigital.com. It's, we are really, I mean, Q4 is always here, holiday season, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and everything else. So it's really important that you have your marketing dialed in, whether it's with us or not, but it's really important that you do it because it's one of the, you know, most expected time of the years for many, many brands. And if you don't have things in place or ready to kill it this uh, season, you need to get started right now. Exactly. And make sure you have a lot of inventory. If you're going to go with, doesn't matter who you go, but if you have somebody that's going to be trying to grow your brand, your brand and on top of that on fourth, fourth quarter, make sure you have inventory. Yeah, for sure. Brian, thank you very much. It was a pleasure having you here. We should, we should do this again. We should do some, uh, some case, uh, case studies or something. Or like, you know, go on a a virtual tour of, of what you guys can do because it's uh, definitely very interesting. Thank you. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Thank you.